<laughs> hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Upshaw here of MZM Transports, and I'm bringing to you uh, my podcast. This is the first edition of the podcast. Uh, I'm excited for you guys to listen. And uh, so, really, I want to jump right into it, right? So, the question is, is why uh, or who I am and why am I doing this podcast, right? So, uh, some of you guys know who I am. Some of you guys, most of you guys don't. Uh, Mike Upshire, I am a serial entrepreneur, 32 years old. I'm a married man, married uh, three years. I have three kids, Mike, Mia, and Milani. And uh, I live here in, in Lake Mary, Florida. Uh, the reason why I'm doing this podcast is because I want to be able to, and I want to I want to be able to articulate this correctly. Uh, I want to tap into our our community, our minority community. I just don't want to say the the African community. I want to tap in the minority community, uh, and I want to be able to give some game, uh, give some knowledge, give some wisdom, give some fuck ups personally for me to be able to help individuals just like me uh, in, in similar situations, even worse situations, to be able to use this knowledge and be able to get out wherever situation you're in and be able to create a living, you know, be able to create financial freedom. Whatever that financial freedom is to you, it's different for everyone else. But that's my goal. Um, this is not any type of mentorship. This is not a podcast to tell you guys that, hey, I'm big, bad, big, dick, Mike. Uh, I am big, dick, Mike, but... Um, my wife, she didn't want to go know that. But this is a podcast just to let you guys know, like, hey, I fucked up so many times. Let me just tell you what I fucked up on so you can do the opposite, right? Uh, I feel like I'm at a level right now where I can live comfortably. My wife and I, we don't, when I say we don't work, we don't work for anyone. You know, we have our own company. We own our own companies, and we work together, but we don't work for anyone. We wake up when we want to. You know, if we don't want to take our kids to uh, school and we want to keep them home with us, we can do that because we don't report to anyone. And so that opportunity, uh, I want to be able to give to other people. Uh, and it's not just about business, about relationships as well. I come from a background where my parents have uh, been blessed to be able to be married uh, for 30 years plus, and I've seen that happen. I've seen my mom and my dad grow together. And so with that also, not just building a, a business, but your personal life got to be in order in order for you to build the business that you want, in order to create the financial freedom that you want. And so that's my goal. That's my goal. You know, I want you to also watch my journey, you know, not to get into too much of the finances uh, just yet, but I'm on track for a million, a million plus, you know, and that's that's going I'm going to be the first millionaire in my family. And I want you guys to be able to come along the way with this journey with me. You know, I've been inconsistent with content before because in reality, I don't want to fucking post. Y'all don't got to see my life for me to make money, to be honest. But in order for me to impact the lives I want, in order for my business to grow where I need it to be, I have to let you guys into a little bit of what I'm doing. I have to share this game. I can't be greedy with it. And so that's the whole premises of this podcast right now, guys. So I guess when we get started, like, who am I? Um, Just thinking back, like... Right now, me, I'm a, like I said, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Um, my life right now, I, am, I have certain goals for myself, for my family. And so every day I wake up, I'm trying to hit those goals. And, and the reason why I say that is because past goals that I've had have been more so financial goals, right? Been financial goals to be able to just say, hey, stay afloat. I've been on the defensive end. Now I'm on offense. And so my goals are a little bit different these days. I'm no longer looking to say, hey, 
I just want to make sure my I can drive the car I want or I can travel where I want or I can do things that I want. I'm at the point where I can do just about anything that I want, you know, within means, you know, within measure. I'm not going to just be able to go buy a, 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 a Rolls Royce just yet. You know, notice I said yet because we speak shit into existence. Y'all going to know that about this podcast. But, um, you know, for me right now, I'm at a position where if normally the American dream, someone wants to make six figures. And, and, and once you hit that 100K, six figures, then you want to make 200, 300K. I'm at that right now. I'm at that. And, and so I'm at the point now where I have certain goals for myself, uh, for my wife, for my kids, uh, certain goals for my business that I'm trying to – I'm pushing. My goal is to exceed the million. I'm going to be a double-digit millionaire, not a single-digit millionaire, a double-digit millionaire. And so the way that I have that broken down, I guess, if you want to know what business is, how am I planning on making that happen? I have a transportation and logistics company. Uh, I'm a freight broker. And so that's one thing. I don't own a fucking truck. I'm not dispatching trucks. I'm a freight broker. And we're going to get into that because that's something that you guys are going to want to hear. I'm a freight broker. I also uh, am in the real estate game. I flip house. I also wholesale real estate. We're going to talk more about that. I'm also into the debt game. I help people get out of debt, whether it's credit card debt, any type of unsecured debt, help you get out of debt, help you create a financial plan to put yourself back on the road for financial freedom. That's number three. I also have a rent-a-car company. We all, we're all on Turo, and we're also on the rent-a-car company. This, this, listen, this is my first episode on the pod. This is the point of this whole thing, right? I'm going to tell y'all, some of my fears have been posting, not looking perfect. And this shit is going to be imperfect, but we're ready to make it perfect. And I want y'all to find watch us go over this journey. I got my guys here right now. I got my guys. I'm in DMT right now, just to let y'all know. Shout out to DMT, everyone working over here, uh, hooking it up. But I'm um, just going back to it because I'm going to get off on a little bit of a tangent. So if I, if I get off on a tangent, y'all got to be like, uh, I got my guys here. They're going to they gonna help me, hold me accountable. Um, but going back to it, why am I doing this? So um, like I said, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Who, who am I? Uh, Mike Upshaw. I told you the business I have. I'm a financial coach, you know, helping people get out of debt and really – create a budget, create a game plan to be able to start being on the offensive end and start investing. Most of our people, most of the minority people are on the defensive side of things. You think you're going to save your way into wealth. You're going to save your way way into riches. Uh, you think you're going to work as many hours as you can work. All of that is all decent defensive shit. You know what I mean? Saving your way. No one's made millions saving their way into anything. No one's made money just saving and not investing or doing something with it. You know, one of the things I want to talk about, because I know a lot of you guys uh, don't know who the fuck I am, and, and the same with me when I'm listening to someone or watching some content, unless I know who that person is and I connect can, can connect with them, I can care less about what they're saying. And so I just want to kind of bring you guys back, um, you know, just to, you know, not, not who I am as a child, but guys, I guess what I'm doing right now. So personally for me right now, like I said, I'm a serial entrepreneur. My primary focus and what I do maybe 90% of the day uh, is focused on the transportation and logistics side. Me and my wife are the owners of MZM Transports, which is a freight broker, um, which is a freight brokerage here out of uh, Lake Mary, Florida. Um, and so that's number one. Number two, we also uh, I, ask, I have a partner uh, on a rent-a-car company. Company's Upgen, uh, Ronald Jennings. I have a partner with him, and we rent rent a cars on Turo also privately. I also handle the debt side more, so financial coaching, uh, so helping you uh, individuals get out of unsecured debt. Also create a kind of 
a game plan, not to just get out of debt, but to also get on the offensive side where you're not so much worried about paying off debt and saving, but now you're talking about investing. Uh, And then also uh, the fourth is going to be uh, we do e-commerce as well. And so just something small on Amazon and Walmart. And so get, get just going in the uh, past, you know, tell you a little bit more about myself. You know, uh, I grew up in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, pretty much as a youngster, I was just your everyday uh, child. Uh, minority-wise, when I say minority, all I thought I was going to do for my life was dribble basketball. I'm just going to be honest. Every, if all the tattoos that you see on me, all basketball-related. Every single one basketball-related. And that's honestly what I thought I was going to do as a, as a kid. And basketball really is what opened doors for me. Basketball is the thing that uh, uh, the gift that allowed me to travel and meet new people. I would say without dribbling that basketball, I would not have too many friends because I'm very outspoken, but I have to meet you. I have to know you first. And so basketball opened the door where I didn't really have to talk to too many people. People just wanted to talk to me or know me. Hey, aren't you Mike? You the guy who plays on this? You, you, you the freshman who plays on varsity? Uh, you played on JV, you know, as a freshman? You know, these things, the uh, basketball really was my identity throughout my youth. Uh, but, again, growing up in Chicago, uh, I wasn't necessarily in the city. We're, we're in the suburbs. So, uh, Billwood, Illinois, shout out to Billwood. Um, a, a regular, everyday upbringing uh, that I had. You know, my mom and dad were together. Uh, I have a brother. I have a sister. Uh, my older sister uh, actually is my stepsister, so she comes from uh, – uh, she has a different mother. And so – you know, it was, uh, I guess, a pretty easy, you know, uh, blue collar. And, and the thing is, you don't really notice your life, that the life that you're living when you're younger until you get older and you start, you know, being able to do more for yourself uh, and you really see the life that you lived. And I would say looking at it now, something up, it, it, we were pretty blue collar. Um, it wasn't like we were poor. You know, we had food on the table. We had water, hot water, clothes on our back. Uh, we, we did our, you know, every, you know, yearly trip to Wisconsin Dales or, or Six Flags. That was like our Disney back in the day. And you didn't really notice it. Um, but looking back at it, you know, it, it, it was just, we just did enough. And so I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, my mom and dad told me that my dad had got a new job in Florida. Uh, and what my dad did, he was, a uh, um, he worked at a paint store, Benjamin Moore Paint. And he had gotten a new job, and he had told us that we we're going to be moving to Florida. And so when he told us, you know, automatically I'm thinking Disney World, palm trees. And so I remember it was summertime of my eighth grade year. And I remember going to all my friends saying, man, I'm moving to Florida. And basically, you know, it's kind of like bragging, like, hey, I'm getting out. Like, everyone does the same shit around here, and I'm getting out. And this is at eighth grade, and I remember telling everyone, and I remember it like it was yesterday – we had the house. We had to sell the house. My mom and dad had to sell the house that we had uh, in Bellwood, uh, and it took <laughs> it took a while. And so we're deep in the summer. The next semester is about to start, and I'm about to go into high school. And I've already told all my friends, everyone around the block, that I'm moving to Florida. And people now come to me saying, "You lying? You?" They, they basically pulling my card. And so, you know, I guess that's where I developed a, a feeling like I don't want to reveal my cards until I know it's happening. You know. Uh, and, and that always stuck with me. That has been something that has been, you know, very key. I remember it. It, it hurt so bad. They kept coming to me and telling me, hey, man, you said you was going to move, man. You lying. You just trying to act like you're better than us. And I remember it. And, and I remember the day that we moved and I came into Florida. And I thought I thought every day was going to be Disney. 
Like, you don't realize you still got to go to work. You still got to go to school. You still got to mow the lawn. You still got to do chores. But I did not know that. And I remember when we came in, I pulled up, and it was a two-story home, real big, palm trees. And I'm like, man, we made it, you know. And and so just, just growing up, you know, you see some of that stuff, and you see I can see how my mom and dad are hustling to make a better life for us. And they're making decisions that our family's not making. People are staying in Chicago, um, and, and we moved to Florida. Now, my aunt had already moved to Florida, so she kind of opened the door for us to, to move right along with her and kind of follow that. Um, but, but again, just not, not to get off on a tangent, once I moved to Florida, I guess that's when more doors started to open. It was a little bit different. Uh, it felt like a little bit more relief, let's just say. Uh, and when I say that, back, in, back home in Bellwood, I couldn't invite my friends over. I had to ask. And I had to clean my room up, and and rarely, very rarely, anyone would be able to come into the house. And I'm like, man, I get into we get to Florida, and it's like everyone all in the house, going up and down the stairs. They in my refrigerator. I'm like, oh, that's how the doors unlocked. Billwood doors always locked. We come over here, doors unlocked. People having dinner with us. I'm like, it's a different vibe, and you can feel it. And it was very welcoming coming into. Uh, I moved into Sanford, Florida, and moving there, you looking and you see an immediate difference. Why? Because I see white people. I see Indian, I see Spanish, I see black, and we all just chilling, hanging out. Back home, you didn't, you didn't have that. You didn't have no skateboarders, no fucking surfers, none of that. You had people, we all walking to school listening to Twister, Kanye West with a CD player. We rocking Air Forces, Reeboks, we got school uniforms. Here, ain't no damn uniforms. And I'm like, you know? And so moving to Florida, I, I love it. I, I would say that was a change that I needed, you know, coming from a, a certain environment I do believe too when you when you coming from a certain environment you got to get out of that. You know, if you grew up in let's just say you grew up in Sanford, got to get out of Sanford. You got to open up your eyes and see what else is out there, see what 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 everyone's doing out there. I, and again, moving to Florida, I was able to open my eyes and spread my wings a little bit more. Um but again, still being the same type of dude, you know, I I was always a good friend, always a very a very loyal friend, um always a good teammate. Uh and so I immediately came here uh, went to Winter Springs High School, and I joined the basketball team. And uh, I was a freshman playing uh, junior varsity at the time. And then once the junior varsity season ended, I got moved up to varsity. And I was the only freshman playing varsity. And to be honest, it felt like he was a little bit of celebrity. You got a lot of the, the, the women and the girls, they talking to you and, and just mentioning little things to you, you know, because you, you're dribbling the basketball. And, and, and so for me, you know, just growing up, that was my identity. You know, I really didn't know myself outside of Mike Upshaw, the basketball player. And so to, to fast forward it now, fast forward it now, not spending too much time there, um, you know, graduating high school, I went to three different high schools, which we can talk about, you know, um, three different high schools and, and, and graduating, going to college, you know, the same identity I had, you know, uh, constantly, which is a, just a basketball player. You know, it, it wasn't until I broke my ankle in college uh, that, you know, when I had to, when I broke my ankle, I wasn't able to play really anymore at the level that I was playing at, that I decided and understood that, hey, you know, my calling uh, was something bigger. Y'all going to bear with me here. This is, this is, like I said, this is going to be the fun part as I, this is the part that I want, I want everyone to hear because I know a lot of other individuals other than me are always in their head. And for me, I strive to be a perfectionist. You can't, you're never going to be perfect in everything. You're not going to be perfect in anything. But the big, like, I always am trying to be perfect. And even with this podcast, I'm stopping the guys here, like, yo, am I doing it right? Am I saying the right thing? 
And so hopefully they're going to keep some of these clips to see me fucking up and going through all this shit because I want y'all to grow with me. This is on, we, we on the road to a million. And that don't mean making a million ain't going to be pretty, but we're going to get there, right? All right, so so I want so we're going to go back. Like, I, I was talking to you about my childhood, and, and we're going to just, just get deeper. Like, for me, I'm a summer. I was a curious individual as a child. I was that individual. I would occasionally get those calls from the principal's office because I was getting into something. Uh I, I I can name a, a couple of things. I, I've always gotten into small little fights. Never was the one started anything. I was always told to finish these fights. So I will always be the one finishing the fights, not starting it. But I was just curious. I would get in trouble. I remember getting in trouble for touching the girl's butt at school. This is in middle school. I remember uh, getting in trouble for spitting on a kid. Just small little things, right? And just as I'm thinking now, I'm looking at it. My son is exactly like me. The only reason why I didn't get in trouble, more trouble than the next guy is because I had basketball. So I, I, I knew if I was to get in trouble, I couldn't play. And so that was, that was a no-brainer for me. I always wanted to play, so I always held myself accountable. But I always was curious, and I wasn't scared to adapt. And I think the reason why I wasn't scared to adapt was because the big move that I made, uh, like I was telling you guys, moving from Bill, Illinois, Chicago, uh, then moving to Florida, that was a huge move for me. Mind you, I grew up in the area knowing people all the way up until my eighth grade year, and then everyone's supposed to be going to high school together and continue to build that relationship, and I just, they're gone. And I'm meeting new people my freshman year in high school. And so I guess from that point on, that really kind of gave me the bug where I was able to adapt. I know y'all watched, y'all watched that Biggie movie, right, where, where they, they had like uh, P. Diddy, he said, man, put me in a gorilla, I'm going to come back in a, in a chinchilla, dance. put me in the jungle, and I'm going to come back with, with a chinchilla on dancing, right? I really feel like that. You can put me anywhere, and I'm going to come back just chilling, dancing. I'm like, man, what? You can put me in Saudi Arabia, and I'm going to come back, and they're going to respect me, I'm going to make money with them, and, and I'm going to make it work. And so, you know, that, you know, just me, you know, I would say uh, – Always had the spirit of, uh, I guess, adaptability. Always been a good team member, a good teammate. Always looking out for my guys. You know, I was never that guy that was like, hey, you know, if I got something, y'all going to go without. If I got something, everyone got something. You know what I mean? That was always my mentality. And so I guess growing up, I never really had beef. I never really had enemies. No one really disliked me. I never really got into fights because of dislike, hatred, or me just doing dumb shit. It really was because someone's picking on the tall six five skinny basketball player and thinking they're gonna get off on me, you know what I mean? Um, but but I I guess again, just speaking staying focused on uh just my childhood, um I I really couldn't ask for any more, you know. My mom and dad gave me everything they could. I remember times, you know, my mom always praying for me. She used to have a saying that there was a um she would pray for me so much, it wasn't really, I, I couldn't get in trouble. I couldn't do anything bad because she had so much blessings over me. And every time I tried to do something, and, and mind you, again, like I was telling you, I was very curious, and but I was always a leader. And so anything that I did is because I chose to do it. And so if I, if, if I decided to do something, knowing it was wrong, I always got caught for it. All my other boys could do it and get away from it, get away with it, but I will always get caught for it. And my mom would always tell me, because you know you're not supposed to be doing that. And I knew better. And I knew my guys did not know better because they did not have a mom and dad together. They did not have a brother and sister all watching you. And they did not have that family-oriented environment like I had. 
But I knew better. And because I knew better, I always got in trouble. Like, like I, uh, if you look at my rap sheet right now, I probably, I've had two arrests for petty thefts. And we'll even get in deeper into this. But I had two arrests for petty thefts. And I also have been arrested for um, some, uh, another petty theft. Some, just some bullshit. All of it, again, going back to it, just just doing some dumb shit, being cur- curious, following, not, not following the crowd, but just just, just trying to uh, be a little bit extra, be a little bit extra. Um, but long story short, sum it up. Um, childhood was a great childhood, but it was, as you grew up, you knew that, you know, there was some things that you didn't, you didn't have. Uh, some of my memories that I've had, you know, I remember um, in high school, I always had this memory. My, my mom and dad, specifically my dad, would come in as I was sleeping, and he would ask to borrow money sometimes. and But he would never ask how I got the money. But he would always ask. And it would be like 30, 40, 50 bucks. Not a lot because I didn't. it's not like I had a lot of cash. But I could see these things. My brother and my sister didn't. I guess they were a little bit younger and because they, they grew up in Florida. I grew up in Chicago with the rules, right? Couldn't bring people over um, with, with those rules. My, my boys all had these dirt bikes. And I couldn't get that, right? And so going home, go, moving into Florida, you start. I started to see as I grew up, and I'm in high school, I'm a little bit older, I started to see the struggle a little bit, you know? Uh, I started to see how my mom and dad used to visit Amscott every Friday. And you don't know. If, for some of you guys, you know where Amscott is, right? Some of you guys, you don't. Uh, but I used to watch my mom and dad every day or every Friday. They go to Am Scott, they get the little cash advance, pay it back, and continue that cycle. And so mentally, that is what I'm growing up seeing. You know, I'm growing up understanding how to finesse. My mom would easily get on the phone, ask for the manager, say, ah, you know, push the bill back. This is why I'm late. So those things were some good things that helped me out as an entrepreneur, but also mentally, you know, scarred me where I have to dig myself out of that. Uh, mental hole, you know what I mean, that that I was in. And so, you know, fast forwarding to now, uh, I own four to five different businesses. Um, I'm pushing half a million right now. Like we talked about, the goal is going to be a million. Uh, 2023, I'm pushing half a million. I'm married, have three kids, and I'm not working for anyone. I'm not worried about uh, going in. I don't think about Amp Scott. The fuck, fuck the gas prices. Those I'm not worried about those things. Why? Because I've decided from watching what I watched growing up that I'm going to choose a different route. And I guess you have to ask yourself like, Hey, were you always like that? When did you decide that? Hey, you wanted to be an entrepreneur. It wasn't really a decision that was made for me. It was a decision that someone else made for me. Um, we got fired me and my wife. So, so to, to tell the story, um, like I told you, I'm, I'm a basket. I was a basketball player. I still am a basketball player. I love coaching. I love coaching people. Just like we're doing this podcast, my job is not to mentor you, but to coach you through my fuck-ups and my experiences, right? And so um, in college, break my ankle, uh, break my ankle, have surgery, uh, go back and attempt to play again after I've just broken my ankle. wasn't the same. Uh, ended up coming home and just getting bills. And you guys know, once you get some bills, it ain't going back to college. At least for me, it wasn't, especially with my me not having the money for scholarships, my mom and dad signing for grants and and shit that they got to pay back eventually, federal aid, uh, student student loans and all that. And so when I got a car note and I think I had a credit card bill, it was no longer let's go back to college and try to do this. Nope. I was working. And I remember it. I, I got a job at my mom's uh, job. 
And uh, I got a job at my mom's job. And as soon as I got that job, I would say two to three months, I moved out. Mind you, everything for me has been fast. Break my ankle, rehab it, go back to college for a a semester, I think. Uh, Came back home after that semester, got a job working with my mom, and moved out very fast. Didn't have no stability. And I moved out with an individual who's now one of my good friends now that I didn't even really know at the time. But I moved out with him just, you know, because I'm thinking he's a cool dude. We're going to party. We're going to have some fun together. I know him at the campus. Uh, and so going back to it, now I got bills, and I'm working at my mom's job, and I and I have the mentality that I grew up with. I'm thinking, man, all the, I'm, I'm at my mom's job. I'm great. I'm going to be able to work, take care of my family, and retire and do exactly what they're going to do. And I feel like this is why I'm, I want to talk about this stuff on this podcast because a lot of us, specifically in the minority community, we have that mindset. I've watched my mom and dad uh, rob Peter to pay Paul, play that game all their life. Right in the middle, not being broke, but mentally fucking broke. And this is not anything negative for my mom and dad. I'm only able to do what I'm able to do now because of them, because of the sacrifice they were able to make. But also watching them and watching them having to go to Am Scott, watching my dad um, 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 having to ask me to borrow some money. You know, those things I've learned from, uh, learned from. And so, uh, again, once I started work for my mom, you know, I, I thought that was it. I thought that was it. And so my roommate at the time, he was working a sales job. Mind you, I would never work a sales job. I would never work anything commissioned at that point. I was all about how much money you can give me hourly, right? And so he was bringing in like $1,000 a week. And I remember one week, man, I had a rough week, put in overtime, did all this extra stuff, and still did not make as much money as he made. He brought in like $1,000, $1,200, I think it was. And I said, okay. And mind you, no lie, this is like the Wolf of Wall Street type shit. I said, hey, you bring me a second check, a second check with $1,000 plus, I'm quitting my mom's job. And you know what he did? He brought that check. It was $1,000 plus, And I said, now, you don't know how hard it was because, again, my mom uh, had kind of vouched for me, put her, put her neck out a little bit. And the, where I started working, I started off of um, a temp agency. So when you work with a temp agency, uh, a lot of you guys have noticed, it's temporary. That's what it means. But I always had confidence in myself. I'm like, fuck it. If it's a temp agency, they're going to hire me on full time because I, I'm big shit. I, I, I do this. I work hard. And so what happened? They hired me on full time. So right when they hired me on full time, a week later, I had to literally say, bye, I'm out of here. And I felt bad because that was my mom's reputation on the line, right? But nevertheless, I quit. And I went and started to sell cell phones. And they offered a small salary, but they offered a pretty good commission. And that turned out to be the decision that changed my entire look on life. Uh, it just changed my game. When I say changed my game, yes, I started to make $1,000 a week selling Verizon wireless cell phones. And so that let me know there's something bigger out there for me. And that also let me know, man, you're pretty good at this sales thing. you got a gift for gab. People trust you. People believe in what you're talking about. Um, so that was one thing. And then also the next thing was like, man, I never want to go back and, and work hourly because no matter how much hourly I worked, I can come in here and work a couple hours and make all my money in a one or two or three hours on the phones. And so from that point on, I would no longer look for, I was, I, I, I was stuck on that job for one, but I didn't care about anything hourly. I was not looking for anything else except this particular thing. 
And uh, and so fast forward, I remember I was doing pretty good at the job. My partner was working, or my, my roommate was working there as well. And I remember they changed the pay scale right in the middle of the week. And that was the wrong thing to do because, again, my personality, I'm, I'm a natural leader. Uh, and so, and I'm very outspoken, so I'm never going to let you do me wrong or anyone around me wrong. Even if I don't know you and, and you're a bully, I'm not going to let you bully someone random, right? And so I felt like, hey, you did us wrong. You, you didn't just do me wrong. You did the whole shift wrong by changing the pay scale in the middle of the week. And so long story short, I had everyone sign a petition basically saying they didn't feel like it was right to sign, you know, to, to, to change the pay scale. And, you know, me, my dumbass is the one who leads it, prints it out, gets everyone to sign it, and presents it to the ownership, right? So you know what happened the next day? <laughs> my ass was out the next day. And um, I got fired, and, man, that hurt bad because I was like, man, that's the only job that I can work at that I can make that type of money. And so then I remember it, my boy, Nesto, shout out to Onesto, Ness. Um, his cousin at the time, he was like, yo, you, you sound great on the phone because we used to play video games together. After I would get off on my shift from working, selling cell phones, we would meet up. We would all smoke, and we would play some video games together. And uh, and we, I, I would play, and we would talk shit. And, and he used to hear me. He was like, man, you sound, you, you, you sound good, man. You can make some money on the phones. My cousin owns a call center, and, and I work for him, and you, you can work for him too. So when I got fired, naturally, he's already been telling me about it. So naturally, that's exactly what I did. I went and started working um, for him for his cousin. And what we were doing is basically it was just a, uh, getting people out of debt, specifically credit card debt. And like I told you, uh, I really found my calling selling. But when I came to that industry, I really found my thing, which was the debt game. And um, when I came into the industry, it was kind of like the wolf on Wall Street, you know, to be honest. It was very dirty, nasty, people smoking, they, they, they taking drugs during the workday, drinking during the workday. And, and, and it's a cutthroat environment. And I loved it. You know, I, I love it. I don't regret any of it because I felt like it built my skin. It, it made me have tough skin for the world now. You know what I mean? You ever look, if y'all haven't watched the wolf of Wall Street, that's a movie that I would recommend y'all go see. Um, and, and, uh, what we did in the, we call it the lower interest rates called LI. What we did in that world was essentially like the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, and it was very high ticket sales, fast paced environment, rah, 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 rah. And again, there was a lot of money. There was a lot of drugs. There was a lot of drinking, alcohol, women, all of that in that environment. Um, but that, that kept me going. Cause again, I'm curious. I'm always moving. I'm always looking for the next thing. And, uh, and so doing that industry, I really, like, started to make some good money. I'm not talking about $1,000 a week. I was touching, you know, $1,500, $2,000 sometimes, $3,000 sometimes for the week. And so I really had cemented myself as one of the top closers, as, as you would call it, in the industry. And so from that point on, you know, uh, being one of the top, I would bounce around from certain offices um, working with different room owners that would pay me you know, pretty good because they know who I was. And I remember it, you know, landing on to a certain individual's office um, that I started to work for. And that individual was a lot more open than the rest of uh, the, the the people that I used to work for. And uh, I, I'm going to even say his name. Shout out to he He helped, was the individual that I started to work for that helped me expand my mind, open my, open my mind to a lot because he just had no fear. He just did anything. And as an entrepreneur, you need that. That's some. I feel like I, not feel, I know I fucking win. 
Because there's there's two type of individuals. One person is going to fucking study all day, going to read all the books, listen to all the podcasts, and then you got the individuals like me. I'll take action first, and I'll do that later. This individual right here is going to study, and he's going to, what they call, um what is it? um, um Damn, uh, to sum it up, is basically you study so much you procrastinate. You're not doing shit. Inf- you got information overload. You study so much, but you don't do anything. And for me, I love how I always took action. And so I started to work for and he was really open, very vocally open, financially open with what he did, how he did it, what he made. And, I mean, for me to be the curious guy I am, I soaked it all in and learned it all. And so I remember I had an opportunity. There was uh, some individuals that came to his office, and uh, they were his friends. And they would come to the office, and these individuals – these individuals had money. Now, I remember getting contacted one day. I don't know how they got my number, but basically saying, hey, we want to meet up, uh, and we want to invest into office just like you're working on now, but you're going to be the owner, just like And so, you know, me, I'm like, okay, set it up. I'm always looking for the opportunity. Mind you, I'm not thinking about being an entrepreneur. I'm happy just selling for someone, making my money, blowing all my money at the club. But the opportunity came out, and I remember like it was yesterday. I met these guys in my condo. I was living in Baldwin Park. Um, and I remember they came over to my condo, and and we just talked about setting up an office. And my whole thing at that time was I did not want to set up the office if I had to be there full time because I was still scared. I, I was a bitch. I was still <laughs> essentially scared to be the entrepreneur that I knew I could be. I didn't know it then, but – what I did was is I said, okay, I'm going to take the money. I'm going to set up the office. And I'm going to put all the systems in play. Mind you, at, at that age, this was like in 2015. Back then, I was already priming myself, and I didn't even see it. But knowing now, I'm like, dude, how did you have enough balls and cojones to put that together? But, but basically, again, I said, hey, I'm gonna, okay, I'm going to take your money. I'm going to set up everything for you, and I'm going to put the guy who taught me in charge. And so the guy that taught me the industry that I was telling about when I got when I first came in and we were selling the debt, specifically uh, helping people get out of credit card debt, I had a, a mentor, if you would say, that taught me. He trained me on how to sell, specifically in this industry. And he was really good at getting into you mentally. And so I brought him into the picture to be able to run this office for me, right? And so um, let me wet my whistle a little bit. Y'all not falling asleep, right? I hope y'all not falling asleep. I'm just letting y'all know. So let, 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 let keep stay with me. Stay with me. So I brought the individual that trained me to be able to run this office for me while I still put in regular hours at the office I was making money for. What I- so my, my mind, I told you, I'm always a team player. It's for me. I've always lived. Uh, you know that saying that they always say, I'd rather have a piece of the watermelon than, than uh, all of the grape? That was always me. I always I would rather be in it with people that I love, know, and can work together and just do it by myself. And so I went to Ireland one day with his partner. And I, said, I told him what I was doing. And I also told him, I said, hey, listen, I want to give you 50% of that new office. I didn't tell him who was investing into it, but I said, I want to give you 50% of it, right? Just that you don't have to do anything. Just help when I have questions. And I'm still going to work here. That was the ultimate deal, right? Both of them, it was and his partner at the time, both of them 
agreed that that was a good deal and they 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 liked it and they were going to move forward with it, right? Weekend hits. I enjoy a good weekend with my my girlfriend who's my wife now. My wife now who's my girlfriend at the time. I enjoy a good weekend with her. We come back Monday ready to rip it up and dominate and all of a sudden we come in the office and all of our shit is sitting in the front. All of our shit. And so we're kind of like what's going on? And so Kevin comes up and basically explains it like, oh, you guys are competition. Can't have that. You're out. So it hurt two different it hurt three different ways. One, because I really admire and his partner me helped me out a lot. So that hurt. Two, it hurt because you just told me, yeah, you're you guys were good to go on it. Now you just basically reneged on it. Fuck it. Okay. But three, you just fired. My girlfriend, who's my wife now, what does she have to? What does she have to do with any of this? Oh, she's associated with me. Oh, now that even hurt because I'm messing up her money. I'm messing up her money now, and so I kid you not, we collect our stuff, go back to our condo, and for that whole entire fucking month, we binge watched American Horror Story, like probably about two weeks, and then after that, we kind of look at each other like, hey. It was about to be due. We got to make some money. And mind you, me and my wife, um, fellas, fellas, meeting the right woman is going to fuck y'all game up. When I say fuck it up, it's going to change y'all game. It's going to turn it up. When I met my wife, I will, before I met my wife, I will blow every single dollar in my pocket at the club for a whole bunch of, uh, for a whole bunch of people that don't even give two shits about me to this day, let alone during that time, right? And so when I met my wife, I started to get in the habit of saving something, right? And so by grace of God, she was living with me in the condo, and we both got fired. We were stacked up at that time. We probably had like $25,000, $30,000. That's not a lot of money, but we had, for us back then and, and for the expenses that we had, we could last for a good six, seven, eight months, almost a year off of that 30, right, together. And so... We binge-watched American Horror Story for a whole fucking month. And then at that time, we looked at each other and we said, hey, bills are about to be due. What are we going to do? And this is the point where we decided entrepreneurship was our route. And everyone always says a big love story or a big sexy story. Like, yeah, man, I always wanted to make a lot of money. So I knew I didn't want to work for someone else, you know. Bullshit. Wasn't the same for us. We didn't start being an entrepreneur because we wanted to make a lot of money. We started for one reason, freedom. You want to give, I can say one more, control. The fact that the individual let us go, we made them all the money. We were the top sales agents. We told them what we were doing, and we still had no control in the situation. The other offices that I worked for in the past, it was the same situation. Um, a closer or something doesn't like me because I'm making all the money. Now I'm out. I had no control. And so when we decided, we looked at each other, we said, we can do this. We felt we can do it better than the person that we worked for. We can, we, we knew more than him. We felt like we all that they had. And so at that point, he had lost us. We were never coming back. It was okay. And so I remember, I got a video um, with my wife. Um, I did the sale and then she did the verification. The verification is basically just making sure the client accepts the services. And I remember the first deal we did uh, in the house. And it feels so good to say, hey, this $1,000, you ain't going to get 10% or 20% of it. No, that's all my money. 
And so from that point on, me and her, we started to work from Monday through Friday ourselves, banging out deals. And all we needed was one or two deals because now those deals meant a lot more to us than having to do 20 for this person, right? Um, but then also, caveat, over the weekend, because of the love and respect and how people trusted us and how we carried ourselves, I, and I believe all this came into consideration, we went to other agents that worked for other um, other rooms, uh, other companies, including um, my, my, my friend Ivan's office, and we would tell them, hey, come work for us on the weekend. Why? Because y'all ain't got to miss out on money from Monday through Friday, but make some money on the weekend so you can build up enough check where you can make that gradual shift. And what happened? We had agents here on the weekend. Me and my wife, we saved our money up from doing our deals by ourselves during the during the week, Monday through Friday, got ourselves a small little shitty-ass office. Uh, hopefully they can put this the little um, thumbnail of the office in the podcast. I still got that picture of that office. And we started to invite them to come over, and they were dialing. All we had literally was a hard phone. It wasn't no Bluetooth. It wasn't no Internet, no computer. It was a pick up that hard phone and dial. Smile and dial, baby. But um, so so they would come, and they would sell on the weekends, and then eventually they transitioned to the week. And from that point on, that exploded it. And so to say that I started, uh, I, was, I started being an entrepreneur because I was just a go-getter, and I wanted, you know, the money and all that. That would be capped. That would be, I'll be lying to you guys. But I would say I've always been a go-getter, but it took, it took that point, that breaking straw where I've got myself put in a position where, hey, I felt like I just had no control. And I know a lot of you guys are in that position. You feel like you have no control because you don't. You don't. COVID hits. You see, I, I know y'all seen Elon Musk, right, coming into Twitter, right? That's how life is. <laughs> Like Just like Elon's coming into Twitter. If you don't want to work all fucking day, you're gone. There's someone else who will do that. And especially when we have a lot of international people coming over to the U.S. Oh, you think you're about to have a job here? They willing to work for $10 an hour, and they willing to work 60 hours out the week. What are you willing to do? So at that point, guys, you got to decide. What do you want to do? You don't have to be an entrepreneur, but you have to do something on the offensive end to get out of that. And, and so for me and my wife, we decided, hey, we learned enough. We soaked in enough knowledge that we felt we can do it on our own. And I think um, I've heard someone say this. An entrepreneur um, feels like they're the, the top shit. And I don't want to feel cocky, but I do feel like I'm the top shit. Why? Because I'm just willing to take the biggest risk. I can talk to one of my boys as a nurse. Um, he's a nurse. His risk factor is like right now, this right now. That's my boy. I love him. But the risk factor for him is like this. For me, fucking throw it. I bet it all right now. Why? Because I know I, I, I can bet on myself, right? And that's the difference. And I guess that's why I've gotten in trouble in the past because I've always bet on myself. And that's why I'm winning now. And I will always continue to win because I'm going to continue to bet on myself and take that risk. And I, I don't want to make it that you have to be an entrepreneur, but you got to do something for yourself. You got to do something for yourself. Because if you don't, you're going to let someone else do something for you. And you can't trust no one else to do nothing for you. You're going to trust that man to do something for your kids. That's not how it operates. And so um, I say all this again. This is why this podcast is, is transpiring. This is why I'm doing it. Because you got to look at it. You got to look at it and ask yourself, who am I? Who am I? As we get to know each other a little bit more, as we talk a little bit, y'all know me. Y'all going to understand Throughout my life, all I thought I was going to be was a basketball player. And I thought this, I thought, I didn't even think 
this big of myself. I thought this big. I didn't even think I was going to be a basketball player in the pros, NBA. I believed 100% I was going to be a basketball player making money overseas. And so just think about that. Like, I got a shirt that says um, athlete, uh, uh, rapper, and it's both crossed out. And the reason why is because when you look at our community, that's how we believe we can make it by either rapping or dribbling a basketball or, or, or catching a football, something of that nature. But I, I want to be able to show y'all something different. I had probably a, 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 a C, low B average. Didn't study. Um, got caught multiple times because I had a little, my hands are a little bit sticky. I always was taking some shit. This is all me. I didn't, I'm a college dropout. Shout out to Kanye. I'm a college dropout, right? I got hella student loan debt um, that I had to have my mom also co-sign on. All of this shit is shit that every generation continuously continues to go through. And now, who is going to be the one to help their community get out of it? And so, I just want you guys to learn from my fuck-ups. Again, this is not a mentorship. It's not a mentorship. I hate that word, especially for me right now. I hate that word because I'm still, I, I feel like I'm still growing and learning. We're all still growing and learning. But for me, I'm st- I'm pushing because I want to get better each and every day. So I don't want to say, hey, I'm the big, bad, big, dick, big shit guy over here going to tell you how to become a millionaire tomorrow. No, I am going to tell you those some some uh, lessons that I've learned, um, some hardship that I went through, some fairies that I've had to get to where I'm at now. And hopefully y'all can just not do that bullshit. And even if you just do 50 of, don't do 50% of the shit that I've done, you're going to be way better off. Um, and so one of the things, uh, you know, I, I pride myself on, uh, which really motivated me to do this is I naturally uh, kind of coach and help my, my close individuals. Um, and if you know me, I don't have any filter. I'm never going to hold information back to the point that my wife and my mentor I always tell me, man, you got to start charging for some of the stuff you, you give out. And specifically for my family, uh, I give out a lot of game. And my, my younger brother, Marcus, um, he has been the recipient of a lot of the game that I've given out. And as I look at his life right now, um, I mean, I, I'm so proud of him because he has his own house. I don't even own a house right now. I rent. I love renting. We'll, we'll talk about that, too. I love renting. But he owns a home, owns his own car, got a little caddy. The Cadillac that he drives, um, and 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 he owns his own business. What business does he own? The business that I started out at, a financial coach. I taught him my game and my knowledge, and he turned that into something bigger and better. Again, I, it's not for me to teach you exactly what I do. This is for me to tell you what I messed up on so you don't do that and, and have a better trajectory than I had. You start out better. And so my brother is living proof of that and just being able to watch him, watch how he moves. It's like, man, more people need to move like that. I started this podcast talking about my goal, which was to hit a million. And I just don't want to hit a million. I'm on the trajectory to be a, a, a double-digit millionaire, right? And so looking at that, someone's goal was is 100000 right now. When I first started, I didn't have a million dollars. I had a $100,000 goal. Once I hit that, then the goal started to increase. But there's someone right now who just wants to say, hey, I just want to not worry where my next meal is. I don't want to have to live paycheck to paycheck. And and that's who I'm doing it for. That's who I'm doing it for. 
I've been there. I've worked at McDonald's. I've worked at an assisted living place. I've worked with my mom at a benefits enrollment center. Uh, and I remember it. Came every two weeks. Get that two-week check. That little $600. Burn through my pocket. By the time I buy a nice outfit, I go out to the club, take a nice picture. It's gone. Nowadays, I hope that everyone gets paid a little bit more. But it's the same shit. More money. And, and it's gone. And so, again... I want to be able to motivate people. I want you to look at me and say, this guy did it? That guy? He can't even articulate half the words he's talking about. Yes, I'm doing it. I did it. And, and, and we all can do it too. So now that you guys know just, just a little bit, I hope you guys know just a little bit about me and my background. I hope you guys can join this journey. You know, this is a journey to a meal. A meal plus. And so if you guys want to follow this journey, you want to grow with me, you want to learn with me, I want you guys to like this bitch. I want you to share this bitch. Uh, I want you to comment on it. I want you to tell me what I can improve on. Tell me what you didn't like. I want it all. I want all the feedback because you're going to watch me get better. And uh, we out, baby. We about to do this thing. So.